Welcome to Emil Franzing's Voices of the West, dedicated to the principle that America was better off when our TV shows featured cowboys instead of lawyers. And we're back for another edition of Emil Franzing's Voices of the West on a Saturday afternoon, streaming to you live from the White Stallion Ranch. In a beautiful White Stallion Ranch. Located just north of Tucson. I'm Harry Alexander. Bunker to France is here. That's me. Todd Roberts is in Los Angeles. Howdy. That's him. Howdy. 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 So Very good to be with you both. Yes. Uh, so uh, we're going to continue on the topic that we uh, started last week. Chapter two. Well, part two of uh, mm. bad guys. So I like part two. <laughs> it's the only French I speak. Part two. Do, 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 do. All right, but before we get to that, we've got some uh, announcements to get to. I've got a PSA. That's generally a BSA, but uh, (laughs) partners, limber up your trigger finger. Uh It's coming up. If you want to see Burt Lancaster and Kirk Douglas in action, if you want to see them at the gunfight at OK Corral, this coming Sunday, September 11, at 2 p.m., there's going to be a fundraiser for the Empire Ranch Foundation here in Tucson at the Loft Cinema, located 3233 East Speedway Boulevard. There will be a panel discussion, and they will just provide background information and stories about filming at the Empire Ranch. Uh, there will be three of us there. And we'll- Who's going to be there, Bunker? Well, I'm going to be there. Yeah, and? And uh, Gene Freeze. And? And Mark Shanky. And we're going to talk about the O.K. Corral and probably the Empire Ranch and the moving location of Mescal. And uh, the funds that are raised from this will help support the preservation of the Empire Ranch, keep the old, keep the old girl standing. Yep. Uh, general mission is uh, $25, 30 the day of the show. Tickets are at the loft.org, loftcinema.org. Doors will open at 2 p.m. The panel presentation starts at 2.30, and the showtime is 3 p.m. And we won't give away the ending. We won't tell you who wins. You'll have to come and find <laughs> out. But I will say this, and this is just just for all you history buffs out there. Yeah. Virgil Earp was in charge of the show, not Wyatt Earp. Well, yeah. That, that, that was a gimme. Yeah, I mean, you not know, not according to the movies. Well, Virgil barely shows up. Yeah, but you know, we, they treat him like a stepchild. We know, we know, we know better. Yes, we do. <laughs> and someday we'll expose it all. Uh, probably so. <laughs> and I also like to uh, make a mention that uh, yes, indeed, the three of us are a threat to democracy. Yes, we are. We believe in small government. Uh, and that sort of thing, and, and we believe small in the constitution, politicians, and, and and the constitution as well. Well, I don't know about you know how small can we make a politician? Can we can we fit them into a little medicine bottle? I th- I think you know. The well, bottle- Doctor Fauci is a midget. So we can start there. <laughs> well, I, I think about the right size is was is something that a piss ant could pick up in its pinchers and carry into its hole. Yeah, that's probably too much too. <laughs> anyway, that's what we think about all of that nonsense. Yeah. It, it is total it, nonsense. It, make, it makes us be very thankful that yeah. the movie Western movies are full of heavies, and these are the kind of bad guys that you can love and enjoy and respect. And even though they may betray politicians sometimes, or crooked lawyers, or just out-and-out bandits, these guys are still almost... Us, us guys, anyway, kind of like friends and fans. You know, they'll even pick you up at the stage stop. Yeah. <laughs> hey, they may rob you. They may leave you in the desert to die of thirst. But you know what? They're still heavies. There you go. They're now, henchmen. Now, henchmen and heavies. Now, we talked... Uh, oh, and also uh, throw out another announcement here. If uh, uh, our listeners happen to have five Westerns, and even if it's not five... If it's only two or three. Or even one. It's got to be at least two. At least one. It, well, at least one. Favorite Western. <clears throat> Tell us what that is, and, uh, hey, we'll have you on the show to talk about it. Yeah, it's that simple. Just email just us through, uh, you know, Best Westerns at uh, Voices of the West at gmail.com. And you can dazzle us with your with your astuteness. That's right. We'll have you on the, on the show, and uh, go for it from there. So, uh, 
bad guys. We talked about a lot of them last week, and uh, because I don't do show notes, I have no idea who we talked about. Well, you know, I, I thought, you know, I don't know, we can... I know, we I know. Ton, we got a ton about. of them here. Talk we can about do some it. new ones, and we can do some old ones, because yeah, doing the old ones, I come across stuff that I yeah, didn't mention. We, we did mention a lot of uh, the old B-Western... Uh, uh, guys, because well, that's what I that's like. Some of our favorite, <laughs> and the silent guys who silent guys. even we can't remember their names. But uh, there are a lot of uh, folks who, uh, a lot of guys who portrayed bad guys in the uh, later westerns. And I know Bunker, you talked about him last week. James Best, who was uh, Roscoe uh, Roscoe P. Uh, Roscoe P. Coltrane, Coltrane on, and Dukes of Hazard, the Dukes of Hazard show. He was a baddie. Tons of baddies. Uh, he, and in particular, what was that movie, that Randolph Scott, was it The Tall Tee or... Uh, uh, no, it's The Hanging Tree. Hanging Tree, Hanging that's tree. it. Yeah, he's like the sniveling brother yeah, to Lee Van yeah. Cleef, yeah. And uh, he was uh, he was a good baddie in that one. He could snivel really good. He could, he could. And, and he could be a funny bad guy, and he could be a, he could be a funny good guy, like the one he did with Buchanan Rides Alone, where yes. he's a bad guy who becomes good and... Yes. and uh, Gives his life up for Randolph Scott. And yeah. anybody that'll die for Randy is a hero in my book. As we place our hands over our hearts when we say Randolph Scott. <laughs> you do it for Randolph Scott. Randolph Scott. I gotta find that. And, uh, anyway, uh, here, here's another fellow, Robert Wilkie. Oh, Bob Wilkie. Oh, I love God. Him. My, I just, you know, he's. He's so bad, you like it when he gets killed. You're happy. <laughs> you can't wait. You, You're putting and, money and on you it. you hope that he doesn't die on the first shot. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, you hope that they they smack him over the head and split his skull <laughs> with, a, with the butt of a gun. Then they shoot him. You want him to suffer. Oh, yeah. He's just so good as a bad guy, you want him to suffer. What makes him a really bad guy, Todd? The script. Well, well the, the script, first obviously, thing, yeah. that helps the writer. The writer, there's no doubt about it. But but the man is able to then, portray him. Yeah, yeah, he can translate it. He can he can take it in, regurgitate it, and express it in some way. It's it's not just his eyes. It's that part of his mouth over there on the left side of his face. It kind of it when he talks, it kind of goes up. Uh huh. And the tone of his voice. He has such great control of his voice I see uh, eyes yeah yeah and and he has a thing where he you know he kind of comes up on you you know he has that where he kind of leads with his his two shoulders and his pectoral muscles where he kind of comes at you but then he stops so often because he, he realizes that the guy he's going up against is a little bit more of a match for him than he expected <laughs> yeah. whether it's Jimmy Stewart or it's usually Jimmy Stewart, yes, uh, of course. But you know, I always think of uh, uh, the Big Country, where he is the the uh, gunman for John McIntyre mm-hmm. against Jimmy Stewart. Mm-hmm. And you know, as much as you hate McIntyre, you really, really hate Wilkie. You're just you can't. You know, you you want you want him to win. You want Jimmy Stewart to win, but. Well, that's how you know that McIntyre is really, truly evil, because he has a guy like Wilkie as a minion. A henchman. Yes. A minion henchman. Yes, and and he's got a few others. And and McIntyre also, you know, he he degrades people, and he berates them, and he shames them in front of everybody, and you hate him for it. But he's doing it because of money. He's doing it because of business. He wants control. Wilkie just does it because he likes it. It reminds me of that line in Key Largo where Edgar G. Robinson says to to Humphrey Bogart, you know, listen, you can go the easy way or you can go the hard way. Now, if you want to go the hard way, I'll have have Toots go to work on you. Yep. And you know he's pretty good yeah. at it. You know why? Why? Because he likes it. Yeah. He likes it. Yeah. And, and that's the way uh, uh, Robert Wilkie is. And yeah. just to, let me throw a curveball out there, just to be contrary, because that's you know, just to I'm be Todd normal for I, you. I, I live in Los Angeles, and I have uh, to. Be you'll contrary. hold it against you. Um, yeah. Um, when he, one of his last performances is in Days of Heaven. Uh, directed by Terrence Malick with Sam 
Sam mm-hmm. Shepard and Brooke Adams and uh, the great uh, Richard Gere. Uh, you, it's the first time you ever look at Robert Wilkie and go, my God, he's a human being. <laughs> my God, he has a heart. My God, he sh- can show his vulnerability because Sam Shepard's character we don't like. We all know that. But Wilkie looks at him in a different way. He's kind of a father figure to him. And he even says it to uh, Richard Gere and, uh, and Brooke Adams. He says, you know, he drives, he's in his car. He's got a brand new car. It's turn of the century. Kind of car is else it? Has car. I think it's like a little, one of those little bicycle cars. And he's what driving along and he comes Florida across Chevy, her. Henry J. Uh, that I don't know, Bunker. Oh, okay. You're going to have to get out the old manual and, and look up the parts. Well, Manuel's um, not working today. He's, all, he's okay. all visiting the family. Well, then call him back. Uh, and he makes sure he brings a bottle of tequila. Um, Speaking I, you know, of tequila. He, he looks at him and he, he looks at her and he says something to the effect of, you know, I sure don't like what you're doing to my, my buddy, my boy. And at that moment, that's the first time I think anybody could ever say, watching Robert Wilkie as a bad guy who you're so completely convinced and instilled that he is only a bad guy. No, he's not. Uh, that he's a human being. That he has a heart. And it just shows the range of his acting ability. Well, let's, wrap, let's wrap Wilkie up with this thought. In his latter days, towards the end of his career, when he was doing an awful lot of television, he started playing good guy sheriffs and did and was a very convincing, believable good guy sheriff. That happened to a lot of the bad guys. Yeah. Roy Barcroft ended up playing uh, good guy rancher sometimes, and sometimes he was a sheriff, sometimes and he ended a judge. Up awful Gunsmoke is a semi regular with mm-hmm. his little rinky dink, uh, now we're out of beer saloon. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, our next guy, Jack Elam. Oh. Oh. I mean, how how much how much Pony Express? How bad? How bad can you go? How bad can you Pony go? Pony Express. I mean, here's the bad guy that's going to shoot the baby. That is as raw down as you. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't. And he again. Here's a guy. He likes it. His oh, he characters he, he so often in. like it. They enjoy it. They relish it. They enjoy, enjoy exerting pain and sorrow on I others. think Elam's uh, deformity with the eye helped propel him into bad guy status a lot. Well, that, that his eyes is what got him into the picture. But, well, yeah, it, well, yes, because yes, they got, he was a, one he of was the top accountant. accountants. Yeah, yeah. And his eyes, <clears throat> doctor says, you've got to quit. Yeah. He worked for the studios, and the studios loved the guy. I guess yeah. he... Well, when we were doing real, uh, real mobile, there was about you know during breaks between shots when they're doing setups, they'd have a this is nighttime out at Old Tucson. There'd be a circle of actors and crew guys playing liars poker, and there'd be like twenty guys in this circle. Uh-huh. And you know you you bid all you make a bid on the on the on the numbers on the car on the our bill, and he was like second or third. And it went all the way around back to him. And every guy's made their bid. He repeated every guy's bid. 20 guys. That is a mathematical a, yeah. genius. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he, he, he was... And, yeah, and, you know, and, and, and at the end of his career, he's the lovable guy. You know, he supports your local sheriff. I know. Supports your local gunfighters. Yep. yep. You know, real lovable. Well, if you really want to have a real chuckle... Go watch Cannonball Rally. There you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With Burt Reynolds and Dom DeLuise and Dean Martin and Sammy Davis Jr. and Adrian Barbo and, and Jamie that, Farr. And that and finger. All, <laughs> and the finger, finger. yes. <laughs> and he's the drunk uh, cross-eyed proctologist. <laughs> and he's got a syringe that's about probably two feet long. A horse and he goes, And he keeps walking around going, uh, where do you want me to put it? It won't hurt. <laughs> You know, Don Collier. It shows had, his range. It shows his range. Don Collier had some great uh, Jackie Elam oh, stories. That, yeah, I want to share one of those with you. <laughs> you know, uh, Collier was living here in Tucson, you know, for a long time. And whenever Elam would come over, he'd always call him up. Well, one day he gets a call, and it's Elam saying, I'm coming over. 
I'm looking for a house. She's my daughter's going to the U of A, and I'm going to you know, have a place for her to stay and also a place for her to stay if she wants, you know. And he said, okay. So Don picks him up, and, of course, they have a couple of drinks, and they go out there, and they're looking at this house. And Don's going, man, this place is beautiful. And Jack's going, yeah, this is nice. He said, you know, but it's not going to work. And Don, well, what do you mean it's not going to work? It's perfect. He says, the halls are too wide. He says, well, what do you mean the halls are too wide? He says, when I come home, he says, the walls have got to be a certain distance apart so that when I bounce off of one, I can ricochet to the other without falling down. Oh, golly. Now, I want to do a guy. We did him before, but I want to just, I want to do him again as Rudy Acosta. Yeah. Because I, I want to just hit some of his shows. Blood shirt in Rio Conchos, bad Indian. Paco and Salon Mexico was he was this was a modern thing, but he was he was the pimp to the sweet young girl in that. Uh, Chico and the Proud Ones, great job. Natchez yep. and Trooper Hook. I mean, he he was the classic evil Indian. Scarface Charlie and Drumbeat. The only Indian evil more evil than him was Charlie Bronson in that. Lopez and Return of the Seven. You know, he was he was, he inherited the position that Eli Wallach did. Yeah. And he was just as evil as Eli. And I'll just finish up with, and you'll never remember them, but he was a gang member in How the West Was One, one of the henchmen to Eli Wallach. Yes. Excellent. And I think you should also, uh, we got to throw in, of course, uh, uh, the henchman to... Uh, uh, the gun dealer bad guy who killed uh, the uh, father of uh, Mrs. Elder, mm-hmm. uh, Mrs. Katie Elder's husband in uh, in the Sons of Katie Elder with John Wayne, yes, Martin, yes, Errol yes, Holloman, yes. and uh, Acosta plays this half breed Indian, half Mexican, and uh, the, he's one of the guys there playing poker, and. Uh, he says, you know, when John Wayne's walking around at the beginning of the film, well, you know, what happened to Dad? Uh, you know, he got shot. Well, he got shot in the back. Well, what was he doing? Oh, he was playing cards. Uh, oh, really? That's that's uh, horrible. How do you think that happened? And uh, Costa says, I don't know. Maybe he just had a bad nine. <laughs> and on that note... But he's also, of course, John Wayne's nemesis in... Hondo. Yes. Oh, yeah. And he's so good because he kills John Wayne's dog. Yeah. And that was a dog was Lassie, by the way. Was it? Yes, it was. Yes, yeah. Well, you want to do a commercial there? I want to do a commercial. So we're going to do that. Do that. We are uh, Emil Franzi's Voices of the West and uh, streaming to you live from the White Stallion Ranch just north of Tucson. And our topic is uh, Bad Guys Part (laughs) 2. So. We'll be back with much more on the show right after these messages. Stay tuned. Arizona, the land of cattle, copper, and cowboys. It's also the true west where a large number of westerns were filmed. For your next vacation, come out to where Wyatt Earp made a name for himself as a highly respected sheriff. Stay where Jimmy Stewart filmed Winchester 73. That would be the White Stallion Ranch. Situated in the mountains just northwest of Tucson, the White Stallion Ranch is an award-winning dude ranch with 43 guest rooms and the Hacienda. That's a five-bedroom, three-bathroom home perfect for larger families, family reunions, and girlfriend getaways. Every guest room has a private patio with views of the cactus gardens, mountains, or corrals. Generous floor plans offer sunny, comfortable rooms, but you won't want to stay in your room. Outdoor activities are plentiful at the White Stallion Ranch. Horseback riding, hiking, shooting, archery, rock climbing, e-biking, and a weekly ranch rodeo are among the numerous activities that you'll enjoy on your ranch vacation. Go Western for your next getaway. The White Stallion Ranch. Book your vacation now online at whitestallionranch.com or call 520-297-0252. 
Are you looking for a smart way to invest your hard-earned dollars? Look no further than Wilkinson Wealth Management. This is an investment firm that works for you based on your expectations, not what the stock market says. This is a firm that wants you as a client, not just as a customer. This is a firm that lets you design a portfolio for when you need it. It's a new name, but the same great service you've come to expect. I Miss Wilkinson is now Wilkinson Wealth Management, 7411 East Tanker Verde in Tucson, 520-777-1911. Watch Old West silent movies anytime at VoicesOfTheWest.net. America, let me tell you about Sergeant Greg Anderson. Served two tours in Afghanistan, Bronze Star and Purple Heart recipient, and unemployed. The unemployment rate among transitioning service members is unacceptably high, much higher than the general population. Veterans are a proven commodity. They're mature, reliable, and hardworking. They deserve a chance to get back to work after serving their country. Do you really want to honor a veteran? Hire one. Go to legion.org slash honor veterans to find out how you can help. All right, listeners, you like Westerns, right? You're darn I mean, you do listen to this program. So you want a chance to tell the rest of the world which Westerns you think are the best? I'm always ready to back up whatever I say. Here's how. Email us your picks for your top five Westerns. Tell us why you think those five are the best cowboy movies. You got any more you want to say on the subject? Each month, we'll pick one entry and offer you the chance to talk about your choices as a guest on our live stream and resulting podcast of the Voices of the West program. Pretty simple, right? We want to hear from you. We have our men scouring the valley. Email your list to bestwesterns, voicesofthewest at gmail.com. I guess that's all we need to hear. You're looking for trouble, Donovan? You aim to help me find some? This is the Voices of the West. We're back on Amal Francie's Voices of the West. Bill Boyd and his Cowboy Ramblers. Keep when that, fiddling was a lot better than rock and roll. You know, yeah. Keep that beer barrel not dry. Yes. <laughs> Anyway, we're talking we're talking uh, westerns, bad guys, uh, and westerns here on uh, Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. It is part two of the uh, of the sh- of the uh, topic. And we'll have I have to do a tray. I well, we'll probably be doing a tray, but don't let's not do too much because it can't count that high in French. <laughs> have to switch to Spanish want, or German. I want to go back and revisit a guy we touched on last last Saturday. All right, that's Claude Aikens. You know, that was going to be my next one here. Oh, what great minds work the same. Uh, you know? Well, you know, his Joe Burnett in Rio Bravo uh, sets everything in, in in quo. But his Ben Lane in Comanche Station is, I think, one of his best heavy roles of all time. Yeah. And he just stands uh, up. Absolutely. And then Holcomb in A Man Called Sledge, he is just pure-ass mean. But the one I want to bring up more than any of them is an episode of Gunsmoke. He did ten of them. Ten of them? Only ten? Only ten. And I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think he may have done one as a good guy, but as like a good show. Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. think so, but he may have. Yeah. But the one that stands out, and it was about the fourth one he did uh, in 1962, and he did. He was like Matt and Kitty have had a spat, and Matt has left town like he caught up quite often does. And Kitty was on the rebound, and this big, handsome lug comes into the long branch, and it's Claude Akins. And he's so nice and understanding and, and consoling, and she gets to liking him more and more. And he just, he treats her well. He just, I mean, she's starting to go for this guy. Huh? And then, slowly, he starts changing. He gets a little abusive, a little evil. And by the end of it, this guy, he's a poster child for uh, abuse. Uh-huh. But the thing is, Matt comes back to town and finds out. And you know what? You don't want to be caught Aikens at that point in your life. Uh, you don't want to be anybody at that point in your life. <laughs> but that's, that's, just, that, that's just the kind of range he had. Well, you're absolutely right. He's fabulous in that role. But 
you know, the setup also is is that he he's hurt. They find him out on the prairie. Yeah. And Kitty goes to visit her friends who live out on a ranch ten miles out of town or farther, and she nurses him back to health. And as he's being nursed back to health, he's a tremendous gentleman and he's articulate and sweet and all those things you said. And Kitty is really, as you said, on the rebound. So she's very vulnerable and she gets really sucked in. I mean, this is kind of like, wow, this is a man who's good looking and tall and funny and articulate. And he pays attention to me and he's concerned of my well-being and my thoughts and my thinks I'm funny and so forth. And he's a real gentleman. And then he starts to show his real colors and he turns out to be an absolute wacko. I mean, he's completely off the deep end. Um, he's he's a little bit maniacal and crazy. So, uh, but again, Claude Aiken, somebody you always like seeing getting shot. I love Claude. I've always loved know. his work. Yeah, you know, the first absolutely. The first, the, the first time I saw uh, Murder, she wrote with uh, you know uh, with what's her face? Uh, yeah, uh, Angela Jessica, Lansbury. Angela Lansbury. Jessica, Jessica yeah, uh, Angela Lansbury. And uh, 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 Claude Akins was the sheriff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I thought, man, he's going to get killed. <laughs> right. Obviously, that he didn't did happen. The, he did a lot. You know, he had three series where he was a good guy. Yeah. Well, you know, I want to yeah. touch on probably, this is a modern Western, and this is probably one of the pinnacles of evil bad guys in modern Westerns. Javier Badam, Anton Chigurh. In no country for old man. Mm, and may old I man. show you yeah. my my cow killing pellet gun? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was just. I mean, there were people that quit eating beef because of this gun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Leo, and, Le- go ahead. Well, I was just going to say about Claude Aikens going back to him. You know, if you really want to see him as as just downright disgusting is uh, one of the last films he did was he played John Mellencamp, John Cougar Mellencamp's father, in a modern-day kind of, uh, you know, uh, a guy goes home again to visit his family, Mm -hmm. uh, to his hometown where he grew up, so on. It's kind of semi-autobiographical. Claude Aiken is his father, and he is just... I don't know the words, and I can't say them on the air, of the way he is in this film. And he's just a horrible person. He's a horrible father. And he's a disgusting man. And you see this range of a guy who could be so funny and now so truly, I can't, there's no, he's beyond the pale. And to his own son, it shows you his range as an actor, absolutely. Well, let's go back to an old timer now. From the silent era all the way up to sound. And his uh, son became very well known. Mm, must Noah be talking. Berry. Oh, Noah Berry. Okay. Yeah, you know, uh, he uh, Randall Jed and the Thundering Herd. Yep. Uh, yeah, he was the thing with uh, the covered wagon with Wayne. No. What was no, it? no, no. That was uh, uh, oh. Johnny Mac, I think. No, this was this was Wayne's first big. No. no yeah, it was Wayne's first big western. Hmm. Raul Walsh. Uh, the Big Trail. The Big Trail, I was yeah. right, yeah, yeah. He was So many movies he was, floating he was, around. Yeah, he was the guy who, who killed Wayne's father, mm-hmm. and he's now on the trail as, as one of the scouts, and yeah. Wayne doesn't know. Doesn't know it. You know, so many movies that swirl around in our minds, our collective minds, yeah. that uh, uh, you mentioned a character and we're... <laughs> The, the, gibbering the, the, the Rolodex is is uh, going as fast as it can. Uh, yeah. Well, let me just throw this out to you, fellas. Um, I came across two lists which are very similar, and I, I have a bone to pick. Uh, that some things on both lists are congruent, but there's two that are, to me, drastically out of bounds. Two, 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 two names. Uh, their worst bad guy of all time is Angel Eyes, uh, Lee Van Cleef in Good, Bad, and the Ugly. Yep, yep. Number two is Frank Henry Finest character in Once Upon a Time in the West. Yeah, yeah. And he uh, makes more lists as number one than anybody. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and, and by the way, that's no list fantasy boyfriend, so not to say anything <laughs> negative. Hey, speaking uh, of Lee Van Cleef, the gal that wrote The Man Who Loved Cat Dancing. 
the book, the, well, the, the movie is based on. She had yeah. a she had a poster on her icebox of of the man, and the poster was of Lee Van Cleef. It wasn't Burt Rice. <laughs> so, uh, little the, the the two that I have issue with are little ba- Bill Daggett in Unforgiven, which is Gene Hackman. Mm-hmm. I say Doc. The character by Lee uh, Lee Lee J. Cobb. That's one in, of the greatest series. In uh, the the Man of the West. Yes. With uh, directed by Anthony Mann, with uh, with the great Gary Cooper, and, and the by, other and one Bob is number Wilkie four. Jessica, that, by the way. Robert Wilkie, Jack Lord, John Denneher, absolutely, uh, and of course the great Julie London, who um, we all know is the real reason John, uh, Bobby Troop is my smiling. Heart, my heart because is of racing. the royalties. Yeah, no. From songs. Um, the other one is number four, which is Jessica Drummond in 40 Guns, Barbara Stanwyck's yeah. character. I say she's not evil. I say she's a maniacal, controlling uh, dragon lady, but That's she's evil. not evil. Her brother is a disgusting, oh, yeah. evil uh, slime ball. Uh, and we know that time and time again. And we know she's not evil because at the end... She runs off with with uh, Barry Sullivan. Um, Come back, and then you Shane. have Cicero Grimes, which is uh, Richard Boone and Ombre. I agree. Yeah. Jack Wilson and Shane by Jack Palance. Absolutely. Yep. Johnny Ringo, I take a little issue with because I say that uh, yes, Michael Bean is great as Johnny Ringo, but I think the more Powers evil person both. in this film is uh, is uh, Ted Lang as I Clinton. Uh, 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 Powers Booth is the most evil. I mean, he shoots Harry, he shoots Harry Carey. Well, Junior. okay, yeah. that's evil. Yeah, well, that is. Well, yeah, but he's funny, so he disarms you. <laughs> I'm just talking about a disgusting. Then we move on to uh, Elliot Marston in Quigley uh, by Alan yes. uh, Alan uh, Rickman. Alan Rickman. You're who's doing a very my good list from guy. last week. <laughs> Cobra. Uh, Cal Cobra, Calvera, Magnificent Seven, mm-hmm. and of course, to me, the this uh, this whole list should be turned the other way, opposite. Number ten should Turn be number one. Turn off your computer, Liberty Balance, Lee Marvin. Uh, that's the worst character, the there worst bad guy ever. I okay, think. here I want to throw a guy out here that I think both of you guys will agree uh-huh. deserves on the list, and let's give Harry a chance. To respond, uh-huh. Miles Bedecker, oh, Ike yeah. Clanton, Gunfight at the oh, Okra, yep, yep, one of the worst yeah. Ike Clanton's yep, yep, of all. Yep, yeah, yep, yep, yes, definitely. no, yes, no question about it. But still, my favorite Ike Clanton is going to be Trevor Bardet. Yeah, well, yeah, from uh, the series. No, he was good. He was. He was. Hey, I we, mean, he was funny. He was. We he was conniving. We got to do our next uh, commercial break here on Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. We're streaming to you live from the White Stallion Ranch, just north of Tucson. Mary Alexander, Bunker to France, and Todd Roberts. We'll be back. Can you even imagine switching back to pen and paper to run your business? Every year, we become more and more dependent upon our technology. If your network is not set up properly, you're just one click or one email away from losing data critical to your operation. Arizona Computer Guru offers a host of services to prevent and protect you from disaster. From online backup services to email filtering to fully managed network services, Arizona Computer Guru is here to keep your network secure, your data safe, and your budget in the black. To schedule your free consultation, call 304-8300. The Tucson Trap and Ski Club dates from 1948 and is now at 7800 West Old Ajo Highway. The club owns 80 acres and leases 300 more from Pima County that supports 50 trap fields, 15 skeet fields, two five-stand fields, two sporting place courses with 12 stations each, a 9,000-square-foot clubhouse, 200 full-service RV hookups for members, and free Wi-Fi. This expansive facility gives enough room to host major national and international events annually, bringing thousands of people to the community. Check it out at TucsonTrapAndSkeet.com. You've got some cattle you want rustled, but don't have enough henchmen of your own to do the job. A little lady up the road apiece won't strike a deal with you about water rights. You out there! Come one step near and old Bess here will spit right in your eye. So you need to strike your own deal, but you need the right henchman to do the job. The stage is hauling a Wells Fargo box loaded with gold. You've got the perfect spot to liberate that gold, but blank henchman to pull off the job. What to do? You better start packing a handgun. Call Red a Hench. We're a bad guy rental agency. We provide you with enough scrappy henchmen to tackle any job with specific directions. Just listen to what Red a Hench users have to say. Well, you know, when I joined Red a Hench, I was trained by Bud Osborne, Charlie King, and some of the best 
head hinches there ever was, and I'm going to guarantee you that you cannot hinch without the proper hinches around you, and that's just a gentle hinch. When you need sheer numbers of henchmen, call us. We specialize in stage holdups, water right disputes, squatter troubles, cattle rustling, and much more. Our rented henchmen may not be able to think their way out of a paper bag, but they sure can follow directions, and they won't sing to the law about you if they get caught. See our ad in the Saturday Evening Post or Harper's Weekly. Hey, not only that, when you're in the Long Branch and you want to go next door to Doc's to get that bullet out of your shoulder, get a Renahance to sit there on your place and keep your whiskey warm while you're gone. Renahance, when you need bad guys to do bad guy stuff so you can keep your hands clean. You let me do the work. Oh, and something else. You know, women down there can vote. Vote? Yeah. Women vote? Yeah. Oh! Fat. It's times like these it just makes me give thanks that I don't know how to read. This is the Voices of the West. We're back on Emil Francie's Voices of the West. Harry Alexander, Bunker de France, and Todd Roberts in Los Angeles. We are streaming to you live from the White Stallion Ranch just north of Tucson. Our topic is Bad Guys Part 2. We are vote? <laughs> no way! This is a continuation from our movie Saturday uh, topic uh, last Saturday because, you know, they're just... It's a never-ending topic. Well, there's too many damn bad guys to not well, be able to talk about it. Uh, Let me just throw two out that no, I've missed. No! <laughs> Denton Baxter no. in open range. Michael Gambon. Okay. He's oh, just... Yeah, he he's great. just... God, he's just... You just you're happy when he's sitting there, and he's full of holes, and the blood's oozing out of him, and life's <laughs> oozing out of him, and and he and he can't work his hands to to fire his gun one more time, and and can't Robert even kill himself on him and says, you know, are you proud of yourself for what you did, and all these people dead? What for a few more cows? It's just he's he brings it all down to such a rudimentary level evil, how disgusting evil he truly is. Immigrant Irish, yes. Yes. Who's the other well, one? And then lastly, my other one is old man Clanton, uh, Walter Brennan ah. in, in My Darling Clementine. Yep, yep. He's just, God, he's, you know, you just, he, it's not enough to shoot him. He deserves worse. <laughs> he just, he doesn't, he doesn't deserve to be treated like a human. He needs to be. My boys. This is why the English treated my being boys drawn are dead. My boys. <laughs> Yeah, and and when he shoots Tim uh, 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 Tim Holt in the back, you know you really hate him. But yeah, I also really hate him when he comes out of the back room when he hears the commotion and he's with the two uh, Mexican uh, girls and they're drinking and they're all carousing. And he comes out and he looks at him and and he's like, "Sorry, Marshall, I, I didn't uh, uh, I didn't mean for my boys to be so uh, rowdy." And <laughs> Henry Fonda and Victor Mature leave with the actor, oh, and, he and then he takes the court to him, yep. his yep. own boys, and he goes, "When you pull a gun on a man, use it." Yeah. Okay. And there's no, there's no room for there's he had there's no space in his soul for any decency. Bunker, who you got? I got a guy for you guys, and you put on your thinking caps. Lloyd Whitlock. Does that ring a bell? It does not. Well, Lloyd Rich should, but it doesn't. He was he was uh, one of the leading heavies in Silence. Made the transitions to sound. Uh, he played the guy Harris in The Lucky Texan with John Wayne, and he did a whole slew of slick bad guys with the little skinny mustache with John Wayne. Hmm. This guy, you know, it, that's the sad thing. We we lose these older guys like that, and his work is is just. It's the epitome of, of heavies, of bad guys, of oil can Harry. Yeah, but, you know that so often that happens where the uh, the the actor or actress was a big time star in the silence, and when sound came about, they may not have fit in as well as they thought they might have, or as well as the producer or director might have thought. Or they're no longer pretty. Oh, right, and so they're relegated to character actor status. And sometimes they get them, sometimes they don't. And sometimes they really excel. Yeah. Well, here's a guy for you, and I know both of you guys will love this one. Lane Bradford. Oh, yes. Oh. Yep. 
Yeah, how about that, huh? And, yeah, I, mean, I can't think of the, any of the movies, well, but I can, I can see him in a cavalry uniform. 49ers, Sheriff William Norris. Yeah. And Bradford was one of those guys. He could he could play he could play the, the lead bad guy. Right. He could be the number one henchman. Or the number or three. He could, or he could be the, the bottom of the line and he, and, dog heavy. And he was also in bunches of serials. Oh, and TV. At, uh, yeah. 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 And you know, the, here again, he, he almost made a career of playing good guys uh, on Laramie. Yeah. They, they have him back a couple of times a year. And he was, he was, he, he developed, he grew into not looking like a heavy anymore, but like a distinguished ex-hall man. He was really good. <laughs> well, and he, and he was in so many great uh, gun smokes. Yes. Yeah. My God. He, well, he was he a backbone of TV. Yeah. yeah, and he could play good guys as well as he could play bad guys. Well, here's another backbone of television, Leo Gordon. Oh, yes. Oh. As a I writer, mean, too. And a writer uh, as yeah. well as an actor. Yeah, and, his son has a Facebook page for him. Uh-huh. And he's constantly throwing up pictures of his dad in the movies uh. Um, uh, and stuff. But I tell you, you know, whether it's Hondo or uh, so many other films, he's just, he's, he's, you know, or uh, um, ten, ten Wanted Men with Richard Boone and and, yep. and well, uh, Randolph Scott or Tucson. any of the others. He's just really good. Here's a Tucson connection for you. Uh, Leo did an episode of Chaparral called Gold is Where You Leave It. And they kidnap Blue and they have Victoria and Victoria and Buck are holed up at this lost gold mine that's been refound. And it's a hell of an episode because because Dick Gordon is just pure evil, and Buck thinks Linda is in love with him. Oh, she sets him straight at the end. But it's a great episode. It's a fun, good. Yeah, yeah. And of course, Blue well, and is treated. He's miserably. also great in. Uh, 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 he's good in so many things. But one of one of the reasons he's so good is because he's so good looking. Yes. Because he was so good looking, and then you make him evil. You know your 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 knee jerk reaction is wait a minute I I don't it's you're supposed oh, to like good looking guys bad guys are supposed to be ugly. Here's a great Leo Gordon story. You know, as a young man, he was he was pretty wild. In fact, he did some prison time uh, for armed robbery. Really, and he was doing a show with John Wayne, and he gets shot in the belly, and he crumbles and falls forward and Wayne just oh, no 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 you got you jerk back you'd be jerked back Gordon pulls up his shirt and shows him five bullet dimples in his gut he says I got these doing an armed robbery and I fell forward <laughs> well and and he was uh, a, a decent writer as well uh, not only not only starred in or co-starred in or not not, not starred but Appeared in, uh, but also wrote a number of Adam Twelve episodes. Yeah, yeah. and so um, yes. you know, you know it's, yes, yeah. All right, who Not else? Not to mention in many gun smokes. Yeah, and Marcus Welby's and Mod Squads, and boy, he worked a lot. He he oh. for he was the kind of actor that we say uh, it was about the work. And Harry Brandon, Scar. Oh. Harry Brandon, and you know the Scar and Searchers, uh, the evil guy and. Uh, Laurel and Hardy's uh, Dances the Sugar Plum Fairies or whatever it was. <laughs> this guy, he goes all the way back to the early sounds. I think he probably did a couple of silence, but he played, he was, uh, I can't remember the one, uh, Randolph Scott. He's the evil, evil aide to the evil Pedro Ar- Al- Armandoza in uh, the Joel McRae show. I can't remember the name of it, the gun running thing. Uh, yeah, it, it, yeah, it's gone. <laughs> I'm gonna throw. I'm gonna pull. A, I'm gonna pull a real um, curveball out of left field here. That's where all uh, your curveballs are. I, well, that's because I'm usually that's where all the free beer is. So, um, uh, Joseph Weissman. Oh yeah. You know, okay. a guy uh, in, in Unforgiven uh, and in Zapata yeah. and Lawman. Um, He's just he. It, there's just an underlining 
feeling about him, you just don't want to turn your back on him. You know, you don't, in, you don't want to ever be vulnerable. In the Unforgiven, he haunts you just like he haunts yes. Lancaster and his family. He just yeah. he's like a like a ghost. He's just wow. Well, and when Lily and Gish slaps the horse after they've strung him up on the yes. horse, they're going to hang him, and he won't he won't he won't give in. You know, he keeps saying the things that he says, and finally. The last time he's saying them, she just doesn't want to hear it anymore, and she runs up and smacks the horse, and he's, you know, the, some of the people go, ooh, you know, because it's so, so surprising. Well, he, he reveals, he reveals that. that Audrey Hepburn is really an Indian child yeah. and, not, and yeah. not, not a white child. But you're glad that he's hung. Yeah. You're happy. Here, because here. he's he's just mean and evil. One he of the greatest no all-time evil guys, we haven't mentioned him, and he's also one of the, he's one of the greatest all-time cowboys, Yakima Canuck. Yes. Oh, we talked about him last week, though. Anyway, okay, well, let's, let's bury him. Yak, but Yak, I love him. Yak, 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 could play, good. Yak could play any part and, and pull John it off Wayne's well. John Indian sidekick. Well, and he was in, uh, I just watched, uh, 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 finished watching a serial. Um, yeah, right, The Last of the Mohicans uh, that starred Harry Carey. A twelve-chapter mascot serial produced by Ned Levine, and um, Harry Carey is in that. Uh, not Harry Carey. Yeah, Harry Carey's in that. Uh, Yakima Canut is uh, in there playing Black Eagle as well as a number of other parts, and I'm sure doing a bunch of stunts now, as well. Now here's another name we can't do the show without mentioning him: George Cheesebro. 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 Cheeseball. Usually a number two or three heavy. Sometimes yeah. a number one, but most often a number two or three. And, and, and kind of whiny at times. Sometimes. Here's one for you guys. Victor Buono. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Not exactly heavy. I mean, he was He's heavy. heavy, heavy. He's a heavy, heavy. But his, for Texas. his stuff was mainly of comedic types of bad guys. He was like the, 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 the banker that's cheating the widow out of her ranch. Well, Wild Wild West series, Victor Buono was uh, always yeah. one of the bad guys. Oh, yeah. Always. That's a that's a great one for great character. Yeah. Heavies, yeah. Well, let's see. Who have we got here? We did him. Oh, Russell Crowe has been weighed in 310 to Yuma. I'm not crazy about the movie, but I've got to give Crowe credit because where uh, Glenn Ford, you you almost were rooting for him with Russell Crowe. You were and I thought I thought the guy playing uh, in Ford was terrible, but Russell Crowe was good as a bad guy who was supposed to be likable, but he still never was. Elijah Cook Jr. Oh, I love that. Oh, this is a man who maybe is the greatest. Uh, in my opinion, the greatest character actor of all time. Uh, you know, he truly lived by Stanislavski's motto, which is "There are no small parts, just small actors." Well, he was. He small. took any role that came along, whether yeah. it was uh, uh, in Maltese Falcon or it was in uh, 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 a modern day western with Mitch Ryan and Robert Blake, which is Electric Light and Blue, yeah. which is a great, great murder mystery. You'll never figure it out. You think you figured it out. You're totally off. Um, and he always was just a great. This he was a great in Gunsmoke. Oh yes. Uh, when uh, Matt Dillon goes to this town and nobody wants to talk to him and nobody wants to help him and and he helps him because he's kind of the kind of outcast himself in the town. Well, you know, here's a guy for you that we haven't mentioned, and this guy is created a couple of some of the all-time bad guys. He's, and it's uh, Daniel Day-Lewis playing Daniel Plainview and There Will Be Blood. I mean, at the end of it, he kills the guy with a bowling ball, smashes him to pulp. Oh, right. And, then, and this isn't but a Western. not before he tells him he's going to drink his milkshake. Yeah, that's that, that, how, that, you can't get more evil than that. And he did another character. It's not a Western, but it's it's a New York picture. But it is so Western that it, I, I almost consider it a Western. Gangs in New York playing yes. Bill the Butcher Cutting. I mean, that to me, these are all the Irish guys that when they got too hot in New York, they headed west. 
Westo uh, over the uh, New York River or whatever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't know. Hey, we're going to do our final commercial break here on Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. It's Harry Alexander, Bunker to France, and Todd Roberts with you. We're talking talking about bad guys. Be back. Arizona, the land of cattle, copper, and cowboys. It's also the true West, where a large number of Westerns were filmed. For your next vacation, come out to where Wyatt Earp made a name for himself as a highly respected sheriff. Stay where Jimmy Stewart filmed Winchester 73. That would be the White Stallion Ranch. Situated in the mountains just northwest of Tucson, the White Stallion Ranch is an award-winning dude ranch with 43 guest rooms and the Hacienda. That's a five-bedroom, three-bathroom home perfect for larger families, family reunions, and girlfriend getaways. Every guest room has a private patio with views of the cactus gardens, mountains, or corrals. Generous floor plans offer sunny, comfortable rooms, but you won't want to stay in your room. Outdoor activities are plentiful at the White Stallion Ranch. Horseback riding, hiking, shooting, archery, rock climbing, e-biking, and a weekly ranch rodeo are among the numerous activities that you'll enjoy on your ranch vacation. Go Western for your next getaway. The White Stallion Ranch. Book your vacation now online at whitestallionranch.com or call 520-297-0252. Are you looking for a smart way to invest your hard-earned dollars? Look no further than Wilkinson Wealth Management. This is an investment firm that works for you based on your expectations, not what the stock market says. This is a firm that wants you as a client, not just as a customer. This is a firm that lets you design a portfolio for when you need it. It's a new name, but the same great service you've come to expect. Imus Wilkinson is now Wilkinson Wealth Management, 7411 East Tanker Verde in Tucson, 520-777-1911. Read classic Western comics anytime at VoicesOfTheWest.net. Hello, I'm Mr. Red. No doubt you've heard about rescue groups for dogs and cats. But did you know there's a rescue group for horses? That's right, it's called Horse It Around Rescue. Founders Steve Boyce and Teresa Worrell are helping out all those equine victims of neglect and cruelty by giving them a place to restore their health and wellness. And Horse It Around provides a nurturing and natural environment where horses can be horses, so they can be adopted out into forever homes. More than 120 horses, mules, and donkeys have been adopted out, but like everything else, it costs money to run the project. Horse It Around is a 501c3 nonprofit located in Southeast Arizona. Your tax-deductible donations to Horse It Around will go a long way so those horses can be horses. Check out the website, horseitaroundrescue.org. Make a difference in a horse's life. That's horseitaroundrescue.org. As we recognize the service of America's men and women in uniform, let's also honor the families who sacrifice so much every day. Military families endure frequent deployments and separations. They carry on while their loved ones are sent into harm's way and wait patiently for their safe return. If you really want to honor a veteran, look for ways to support their families and thank them for their sacrifices. Go to legion.org slash honor veterans to find out how you can help. All right, listeners, you like Westerns, right? You're darn I mean, you do listen to this program. So you want a chance to tell the rest of the world which Westerns you think are the best? I'm always ready to back up whatever I say. Here's how. Email us your picks for your top five Westerns. Tell us why you think those five are the best cowboy movies. You got any more you want to say on the subject? Each month, we'll pick one entry and offer you the chance to talk about your choices as a guest on our live stream and resulting podcast of the Voices of the West program. Pretty simple, right? We want to hear from you. We have our men scouring the valley. Email your list to Best Westerns, Voices of the West at gmail.com. I guess that's all we need to hear. Look at that. El Coyote Ralph's Rustlers. When I took you into this deal, I thought you were tough. Now you let one masked man make fools of the lot of you. He may be afraid to show his face, but he throws lead like it was coming out of a Gatlin gun. And you ought to see his eyes. Give you the creeps. If I want anything done right around here, I have to do it myself. This is the Voices of the West. Come on and ride, ride, ride on the mountainside. When the sun comes around tomorrow to light up the great divide, we're going to reel and roll. 
back on Abel Francis Voices of the West. Harry Alexander, Bunker de France, and Todd Roberts with you. Our topic is Bad Guys Part Deux. And I use Part Deux because one of my favorite movies is Top Secret. Top Part Deux. Part, <laughs> part Deux. It, it was a funny movie. It was damn good, I thought. Val Kilmer in there. I'm going to run through just a whole list of names real quick because we're almost out of time. Well, I wanted to throw one out oh, here that one. everybody has forgotten except me. Walter Houston, the Virginian. I have that here, no. Trampus, but that's not in this. I want to go two ladies right off the bat, Mercedes McCambridge and yep. Donnie Guitar, uh, Jennifer Jason Lee is movie. Daisy Domero in the April 8. She was April. And now a whole bunch of great guys. I stand for Jolly, Myron yep. Healy, yep. Harry Woods, yep. Harry Lauder, yep. George McCready, yep. Leroy Mason. Yep. And then moving back to modern times, Leonardo DiCaprio, Calvin Candy and Django Unchained, Donald Pleasant as the preacher and Will Penny, evil guy, Emilio Fernandez, General Malpachi and Wild Wild Bunch, Brian Donlevy, another guy playing Trampus in the Virginian with uh, Joel McRae. Goodness. Wow. <laughs> Take your breath. Well, I was going to say Brian, uh, Brian Donlevy. Uh, but I got to throw in Bruce Cabot as well. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, I had him. God, he was so good uh, as a bad guy, but he was great as a good guy, John Wayne's sidekick. I got to throw this one out, something that none of us have thought about. and I think he's one of the greatest bad guys. We just don't think of him as a bad guy because he really rarely played bad guys. I don't even think of any other bad guy he ever played other than this, which is Paul Newman and HUD. Oh, I have yeah. him. He's just evil. I have him here. He's the, the he's sick and selfish. He's a he's a miscreant. The, the he's a just perfect the worst psych- of the psychopath. He just loves yeah. himself. Exactly. Pathological. Well, have we di- have we killed this topic to death, or are there no. plenty more? There's plenty no, more. No, because Harry, we talked about uh, we have the henchman, but now right. we got to have the. The boss of the henchmen. Well, there you go. I think that's part Trey. <laughs> Trey. Hey, Trey. You're going to force me to speak French. You know, I took four years of French in high school, and I can't speak a damn word of it. Well, then we can, we can move to Spanish. Trace. <laughs> yeah, Trace. Well, as uh, Steve used to do his routine, <laughs> I know just enough French to get in trouble. Omelette du fromage. <laughs> yeah, right. I thought I was ordering a drink. I got a cheese omelet. <laughs> exactly. Um, that was boo what? Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. All right. That, that about wraps it up for this uh, edition of Abel Franzi's Voices of the West, talking about the bad guys, uh, part two. And, of course, there's going to be a part three. And uh, more than likely, and more than likely bunches of them. because. One thousand one hundred and forty-seven. You know, as I wrote in the newsletter, uh, the Voices of the West newsletter. And by the way, if you have not subscribed to that, uh, it's pretty doggone easy to do. And uh, it's entertaining. You know, just uh, fill out the little form there when you go to the website. And if uh, it doesn't show up, email me Voices of the West at gmail dot com, and I'll add you on there. But uh, and you get to you get to read Harry's B to C. B, 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 it is one of the best little <laughs> review columns out there. Believe me. As I wrote uh, to uh, promote this week's uh, topic, I wrote that you cannot have a Western without a bad guy. That's right. Uh, because what's the protagonist going to do? Punch the poultry? Punch the poultry. That's right. Well, not all protagonists can be Dudley do right and be in love more with their horse than their girl. Thank you. Exactly. I can just see it. Guy. <clears throat> John Wayne rides into town, <laughs> and he looks, and there, there's Walter Brennan, and he goes, Hey, Walter, where is everybody? Uh, well, uh, they all left town. Uh, why'd they leave town? Well, well, there's a gang of chickens coming. Well, let me throw one last bad guy out. Quickly. He's going to be for next week because he's a boss, so we'll leave him for that. All right. Uh, next week's program, Todd, it's a friend of yours that you have found for us, Jim Rogers. Tell us, and only. Uh, tell us and very only. briefly what Jim Rogers is all about. He's uh, history. Like Ten well, seconds. He's, he is history. He is Arizona history. He is in five different Hall of Fames. There you go. He is responsible for creating cowboy action shooting with some other fellas. There you go. And then he is also, just as importantly, 
responsible for creating cowboy mountain shooting. There you go. That's our topic for next week. Jim Rogers here on Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. Jimmy, Jimmy, eighty bad guys. <laughs> so long, everybody. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Emil Franzing's Voices of the West. 